This is the Think Courageously podcast. I'm your host, Deb Cummins-Stilato, and I'm here to challenge successful women like you to find the courage to make pivots so that you can ignite your life and expand your limited thinking about change. I'm a certified life and leadership coach, and I'm excited to share my stories and insights into igniting energy from within. When I was a kid, I had a poster on my wall with a quote from Helen Keller, life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. Are you ready for a daring adventure? Are you looking for the best version of yourself? If so, you're in the right place. Let's embrace the adventure of sparking potential together. Well, hello, and welcome to the Think Courageously podcast. My name is Deb Cummins-Stilato, and today is May 8th, 2020. It's also Mother's Day weekend, and for any of you who have suffered loss of a parent, these weekends are tough, um, really challenging, and I'm finding myself really in a place of sadness and nostalgia today as I think about the weekend. Interestingly and so wonderfully enough, my daughter Allie called me yesterday and we were having sort of a very fun conversation. But at the end of it, she said, how are you doing? Like really doing mom. And I love the fact that she understood that um, I was really having a rough time or I'm having a rough time thinking about my mom. And I'm trying to you know, always figure things out. If you haven't figured out, I like to figure things out. And, um, you know, I, I am really sad this week. And I'm sure part of that is what's going on in the world right now as we continue and we grit and bear through this COVID-19 crisis. But I, I just, you know, have to lean into the fact that there are just some times in our life where we just feel grief in a different way than we usually do. So I thought it might be fun and um, kind of a special honor for my mom for me to talk to you a little bit, share with you a little bit about my mom and some of the lessons I learned from her and then share a parable that somebody has shared with me recently that's had a pretty uh, significant impact on me. So I'm gonna go ahead and talk a little bit about my mom Um, My mom's name was Eleanor Patricia Goldberg Cummins. And uh, my mom grew up in a place called Englewood, New Jersey. Um, I never met my grandparents. They both passed away when I was under six months old. And my mom had actually had to deal with my grandmother who had ovarian cancer while she was pregnant with me and I I just can't even imagine what that must have been like for her and it really it really served as a foundation of who who my mom was and how tough she was and uh, she had she had a good life my grandfather was in the fur business at the time and did well he also uh, dabbled in real estate uh, which became pretty much a family business for us um, as much as my mom adored my grandmother, her name was Dora, my mom always struggled with my grandfather, whose name was Michael. And so much of that was because my mom was an incredibly smart and inquisitive girl. Uh, she was 
without a doubt, the smartest person I ever met. And she would tell you that. Like, she would tell you without question that she was the smartest one in the room. Uh, whether she was in a room of surgeons or engineers, she knew more than they did. And sometimes she actually did. It's kind of funny. My uh, son-in-law is a trader. To this day, I really cannot tell you exactly what it is that he does, but my mother, she understood it in one conversation. So anyway, my mom was really, really smart, and she was a straight-A student. She was valedictorian of her high school, and she had gotten a um, Fulbright scholarship to study um, abroad, and my grandfather was absolutely against this. He was against this. My grandfather um, was proud that my mom was smart, but he was not encouraging of her brilliance. And she ended up going to Douglas College, which is a division of Rutgers, um, for her undergraduate degree. But she really never, ever got over my grandfather and his, um, his mindset and, and the way that he completely dashed her dreams, which breaks my heart when I think about it. You know, I, I can't imagine as a parent ever doing that, but apparently my grandfather was still not ready to have um, a daughter who was going to step into her brilliance. She spent most of her life, I think, fighting back um, and coming back from that humongous disappointment. And she was an incredibly accomplished person. So she got her undergraduate degree in Spanish and teaching, and she taught. Uh, for most of my childhood and I love the fact that she was a teacher it always made our summers really fun uh, we had a pool and I have such wonderful memories when I close my eyes I can think about her sitting under a big 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 tree with a book in her hand a cookie in her hand and a cup of iced coffee on a table and she loved the summer so much and she loved being able to spend time with us and aside from her teaching uh, degree, she decided to go get a master's degree. And she ended up getting two master's degrees. One was in uh, Spanish, and the second was in educational administration. And she got both of those degrees from Columbia University, which I know was a huge source of pride for her, that she was able to get these degrees from an Ivy League institution. Um, that kind of status really mattered to my mom. Um, and so I know that that felt so good for her and really was uh, so much of a proving it thing to everybody else in her world. She also uh, went on to get her doctorate from Columbia in educational leadership. And I remember her getting that degree. Uh, she had worked on it while I was in high school. My brother and I were in high school. And uh, we would sometimes go with her into the city and very vivid memories also of being in, um, you know, the upper east side, I think it's east side of New York with her as we were trying to go into Columbia to Teachers College and as she was working on her dissertation and Maxine Green, I believe, was her advisor. Isn't that funny that something like that sticks with me? Um, but she did. She got that doctorate and she proved everybody uh, she proved everybody wrong about what she was capable of. And in terms of her career, she was a teacher for most of her career, but then she became an assistant principal. I think this is kind of interesting. She was incredibly wonderful as an assistant principal. And 
I remember um, she worked at a at a school in New Jersey called Glen Rock High School, and she had this unbelievable way with her students. She had this group called PI, which is, was a peer information and education group, and I can still remember being in her office and um, being actually around kids who were my age and hearing them talk about my mother and how amazing she was and hearing her hearing them talk about you know the difference that she was making in their lives and that always made me really proud of her um she also did other amazing things she was um the president of the board of education when i was growing up so funny story i'm sure um this one will surprise you so my mom was the uh president of the Board of Education, and I was in seventh grade. And uh, somehow, uh, we were having spaghetti. We were in the lunchroom. And do you remember, I wonder if you remember that smell of institutional spaghetti and cheese? I can still remember it uh, so vividly. And I remember there was a boy, his name is Clinton Papel, that I really liked. And we went back and forth liking each other, not liking each other, liking each other, not liking each other. And for some reason one day he was clearing his plate at the lunch table and he put something of his plate on my tray and I'm not really sure what happened in that moment but I lost my temper and I picked up a plate of spaghetti and I threw it at him and yes me Deb Cummins-Stilato the president of the Think Good Company started a freaking food fight in my cafeteria and I remember how humiliating it was because the um, reading teacher Miss Matthews took us each by the hand and paraded us out of the cafeteria and our punishment was that we had to eat lunch together in the nurse's office for a month well that wasn't even close to the punishment that wasn't even close who cared actually that was wonderful I got to spend more time with Clinton but the punishment was really the shame, hmm, I never used that word um, to tell this story, that I felt when the superintendent of schools called my mom to tell her about this incident. If you knew my mom, um, you can kind of picture this look on her face and the word that she would have used, which would have been, I'm mortified. I'm just mortified, Debbie. And... Um, yeah, that was kind of my first foray into the wild and pushing her buttons. But um, it's kind of a great story. So um, a little bit more about Elle, uh, the force of nature that we call Elle. Uh, she did all these things, and she was an amazing mom. She was a really, really wonderful mom who always encouraged and supported my brother, John, and I. Um she really taught us so many amazing life lessons. And I think um, as I was thinking about this podcast, perhaps the great at giving us the confidence that we could just be persistent and got, grind through some of the most difficult situations that we were faced with. And I think that was a, like really great wisdom to get back on the horse again. But I also think in so many ways that became debilitating for me because I really never processed things that didn't go well um, in my life. Um, it took me a long time to get to that. And there was some anger that was associated with that lesson of, you know, just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and get back on the horse. Um, I consider myself to be really one of the most resilient 
people. It's definitely a character trait that I love about myself. But again, you know, any um, characteristic that's taken to an extreme can become a liability. And so um, I have learned over the years that, yeah, we can be resilient, but we can also be kind to ourselves and give ourselves the time to heal and repair. And sort of interestingly, after my mom died, I knew what she would have said to me, which is that she would have said, you know, come on, dust yourself up, off, you can get through this. And I clearly remember a moment where I said to myself, I am not going to do what my mother would want me to do right now because I need to grieve this. I need to go through this grieving process. And I really allowed myself um, to go through that experience of grief um, with the help and support you know, of a great therapist and a grief counselor. And just being able to lean in and to be with grief was really important. So um, just wanted to share that story. Um, another lesson that my mom taught me was to never burn bridges. And it's kind of funny as I think about this, that this is a story that she thought was so important because my mom was the kind of person who either loved you fiercely and was loyal to you without question or if you crossed her the wrong way it was never a good situation I don't know if you know people like this but my mom you didn't want to get on the wrong side of L. but she did always tell me not to burn bridges and she she clearly uh, thought that that was an important advice for um, women in the workforce and I was doing a little bit of research for this podcast and I was looking up that expression and it's kind of interesting if you think about it. So uh, my mom would have been, you know, starting her professional career in the 60s and her mom hadn't worked. So my mom played by a lot of the rules, I think, of being a young professional woman in the world of teaching. And she really... Um, she really did play by the rules in her career. You know, she, she followed the ladder. She followed the succession of what she should do, being a teacher, being a principal. Um, and she also never really lost it in front of other people. It's kind of interesting. She, would, she had a, a sharp tongue. And I suppose really that was more evident as she got older, right? We get less filtered as we get older right we all learn that but um, in her professional career she often would just bring those stories home and she would never get assertive or aggressive with anybody in the workplace or really stand her ground except I can remember two times when she did and one was when she uh, took another job at this little school and they quickly changed course about the direction they were going in, and she didn't like that. Um, and she ended up leaving there. Not sure if I ever knew the full story of that. Um, so I'm wondering if she just decided to leave instead of to advocate for herself. But when she died, I did find some really interesting letters um, that she had written to like the superintendent of schools. Um, about things that she believed in really strongly um, during her tenure as a school board president. And I do remember her being very upset and humiliated in some ways when she was not promoted to a principal position at the high school that she worked in. 
and I and I definitely think that that was um, really a generational and gender thing that happened, where she hit the glass ceiling. But again, throughout all that, she she really never left a bad taste in somebody's mouth during during all those years of being a professional. And she taught me that too. And there were times that that advice served me very well. Um, and as I got older, though, I think what's interesting is, again, it shaped my ability to deal with conflict. And I wasn't very good at it. I, I sort of always had that don't burn bridges in the back of my head as something that meant another thing that she said, which is always be a lady. Uh, two things that go together in a really interesting way. And I don't know if you have some of these stories that, as you reflect on them, get to be super powerful. So I remember being in work situations that I was really unhappy in or upset about, and she would always teach me, take the high road, don't burn bridges, always present yourself like a lady, and I always did. And um, the interesting thing about that for me is, you know, sometimes it was to my detriment. And even in the last uh, five years, I had started working for somebody who was a mentor of mine, and it just didn't work out well um, for a variety of reasons. And instead of really advocating for myself um, and really having a fierce conversation, I, I went to my level one place, which was I just withdrew and I quit that job pretty quickly. And again, though, my mom was still alive during this, you know, Debbie, don't burn any bridges. And I didn't. Um, and I sometimes regret that I didn't advocate more for myself in that situation. So again, I think that that's a really interesting um, story about my mom and about also generationally how she was such a successful career woman, but she still had these gender stereotypes about success and being in the workplace. Um, so the last story I wanted to share about my mom was one of the ones that really uh, I think was empowering and is empowering to me now is that the only way out is through. And this is something that she would share pretty regularly. And I didn't realize it again until I started to prepare for this podcast um, when I realized that that was a Robert Frost line from one of his poems. And I'm not sure why I didn't make the connection because I loved poetry as a kid and I loved Robert Frost as a kid. I remember writing a lot about Robert Frost, but for some reason there's, there was a disconnect that that was actually from a poem. Um, and I think this particular lesson that my mom shared with me was so important because even though she didn't want me to burn bridges and even though, um, you know, I, I never did those things, I, I think she really valued it. It kind of goes back to the resilience thing where she va had a very high value that she shared with us about it's okay to feel pain. It's okay to go through pain. Um, and you have to go through it to be able to get to the other side of things. So in some ways, that's contradictory to, you know, get yourself back on the horse because I like this one so much better and I, and I choose this one every day because um, one of the underlying principles in coaching is, you know, pain is inevitable, suffering is, um, is a choice. And, and I think that to really 
learn life's lessons, we, we have to be willing to go through them and process them and sometimes just be in a place of pain and disappointment. Um, and that's, you know, sometimes that's how I feel when it comes to grief and missing her. Like, I could put a paper bag over my head and pretend that it's not Mother's Day weekend, or I can lean into a process that honors her and really celebrates this incredible woman that I miss so much every day. And so I'm choosing to do that. I'm choosing to go through this process and not around it and to continue to learn from it and to be in that place of gratitude. So I wanted to share that with you. I also wanted to share one other thing with you today, which is a parable that my coach, uh, the fabulous Alexandra Takeda, shared with um, a group that I was just part of, which was a 21-day meditation challenge. And um, I love this parable, and I want you to think about it and uh, think about how it applies to your life right now. So there was a king, and he once said to court sages, I have a ring with one of the finest diamonds in the world, and I want to hide a message under the diamond that can be useful in a situation of extreme despair. I will give this ring to my heirs, and I want it to serve faithfully. Think of what message will be there. It must be very short to fit in the ring. The sages knew how to write treatises, but did not express themselves in one short sentence. They thought and thought, but did not come up with anything. The king complained about the failure of his venture to a faithful old servant who had raised him from infancy and was part of the family. And the old man said to him, I'm not a sage, I'm not educated, but I know such a message. For many years spent in the palace, I learned these things. And I met a lot of people. And once I served a visiting mystic whom your father invited, and he gave me this message. I ask that you don't read it now. Save it under the diamond on your ring and open it only when there's no way out at all. The king listened to the old servant. After some time, the enemies attacked the country and the war was losing. The king was losing the war. He fled on his horse and his enemies pursued him. He was alone and his enemies were many. He rode to the end of the road. There was a huge, deep cliff before him. If he fell there, it would be the end. He could not go back as the enemies were approaching. He already heard the clatter of their horses' hooves. He had no way out. He was in complete despair. And then he remembered the ring. He opened it and found an inscription. This too shall pass. After reading the message, he felt that everything was quiet. Apparently, the pursuers got lost and proceeded in the wrong direction. Horses were no longer heard. The king was filled with gratitude to the servant and the unknown mystic. The words were powerful. He closed the ring and set out on the road. He gathered his army and returned his state. On the day when he returned to the palace, they arranged a magnificent meeting, a feast for the whole world. The people loved their king. The king was happy and proud. An old servant came up to him and said softly, Even at this moment, look at the message again. The king said, Now I'm a winner. People are celebrating my return. I'm not in despair, not in a hopeless situation. Listen to this old servant, the servant answered. The message works not only in moments when everything is bad, 
but in also moments of victory. The king opened the ring and read, This too shall pass. And again, he felt a silence fall over him. Although he was in the midst of a noisy dancing crowd, his pride dissolved. He understood the message. He was a wise man. And then the old man said to the king, Do you remember everything that happened to you? Nothing and no feeling is permanent. As night changes day, so moments of joy and despair replace each other. Accept them as the nature of things, as part of life. Take a minute to think about that. I just think that this is such a story that I want to be able to pass down to my daughters and my grandchildren and to people who come um, in the future. You know, it seems so relevant to me that this parable is helping me through get, get through this um, COVID epidemic. There are days where there's great joy and satisfaction and happiness and connection with other people. And then there are days, and I know that you're all going through this, that just, for lack of a better word, suck. And I hear from people all the time about these peaks and valleys um, and, and this kind of place of not feeling steady in that there's these real ups and downs. And, you know, not only do I feel it just in life, but I feel it in my business. There are days where I'm like, oh, my God. Um, I'm scared to death about my business. I, I don't know how it's going to survive. And then the next day, I get a call from somebody who's interested in coaching or consulting, and things look so much better. But I think what this lesson reminds us of is to stay humble in all of those moments, you know, just, just to practice humility, that um, being great and feeling amazing is something to – live into and enjoy and be fully present about and uh and the reverse is true also sometimes we're going to have those days of despair but again this too shall pass so i hope that these stories resonate with you a bit i i really would love to hear what kinds of things come up for you um would love to hear how you're showing up for this mother's day that's such a different kind of mother's day for all of us And I hope that these stories provide you with some power and courage, again, around thinking courageously, um, around pivots, around uh, certainly around success. These stories that my mom shared had so much to do with success. And, um, of course, around that big C word, around courage. So I really thank you for being here today. Um, Remember, please, to check out my website at www.thinkcourageously.com. Um, and to follow me on Facebook. Um, and I'm going to put some prompts up this weekend about this Mother's Day um, mindset and how you're all doing and sending you lots of love, whether you're um, a mom of of two-legged babies or fur babies or you are just loving the world's children. So with that, um, again, thanks for being here and sharing um, in these stories. And as always, think courageously.